Good morning, Gator Nation, and welcome to a very special episode of the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast. I am your host, Neil Shulman. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at All Kinds Weather and on Facebook and YouTube under the name In All Kinds of Weather. We've got a very special guest joining me today, the now former Florida Gators men's tennis star Sam Riffis is here with me today, and he's here to talk about, among other things, how he helped bring one of the last remaining Gator sports teams to not win a national title, their very first national title. But before we get to that, as always, a quick word about our sponsors slash partners. We are proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation, the nonprofit organization that works to send an underprivileged Gator fan to the swamp. For those of y'all who are new listeners, the Gator Good Foundation collects donations from fans and uses those donations to bring a very special Gator fan to his or her first ever Florida Gator football game in the swamp. We pay for flights, for rental cars, hotels, game tickets, gear, all kinds of swag, and just generally make sure that they have the swamp experience of a lifetime. We are looking for someone to send to the swamp in 2022 for the Gators game on homecoming against Missouri on October 8th. If you believe that you or someone you know is worthy of the honor, please reach out to us at GatorGoodFoundation at gmail.com. As always, we are accepting donations. So to donate to our cause, please go to our website, GatorGoodFoundation.com and click on the donate button. And while you're on the website, you can also look around and see some of the campaigns we've done in previous years. Second, we're proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting in your marketing and deliver results that will wow your clients. Whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray Branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, here are two great reasons why you should choose Stingray Branding. One is it is a veteran-owned business. Can't think of a better way to properly thank those who serve our country than by giving them business. And two, it is run by a dedicated University of Florida alum and fan. So yes, they do great work, but they do great work and they're owned by a big-time Florida Gator fan and UF alum who happens to be a U.S. veteran. And spoiler alert, Gator fans, Stingray Branding has some really, really big-time Gators-related projects that you might want to keep your eyes out for in the coming days and weeks. So to learn more about their services and rates, go to stingraybranding.com. That is stingraybranding.com. And also one last quick thing before we get to our guest of honor today. Got to shout out a few Florida Gator softball icons for winning the Softball World Championship with Team USA. Three players, Amanda Lorenz, Michelle Moultrie, and Charlotte Eccles, and head coach Tim Walton, all winning the World Games Softball Tournament with Team USA. They beat Japan to get payback for the Tokyo Olympics gold medal game in 2021. Congratulations to y'all on that in what's going to be part of the theme of today's podcast. Way to carry on that everything school flag for the Florida Gators. And with that, Florida Gator men's tennis legend Sam Riffis is with me today. He's here to talk about his journey to unprecedented heights with the Florida Gator men's tennis program. Um, before he arrived, nice history to it, generally regarded as a very strong program. They'd been to a 
couple of Final Fours, but they never won that elusive national title. Then Sam came along, along with some other very talented players. We'll talk about them soon, and they changed that. Sam came to Florida and was named a captain of the team as a true freshman in 2019. Florida won the SEC that year, reached the Final Four for the third time ever. Riffis was playing number two singles that year, but then COVID shuts down his sophomore year in 2020. That might have cost Florida a national title there. They were 15-3 and three and ranked number six when that season got shut down. We'll never know, but anyway, 2021 is when he starts making history. Florida does not lose in SEC play. They win the SEC with a perfect 12-0 record that year. They did lose the SEC tournament title that year, but no matter, got the number one overall seed in the tournament, played up to that seed by winning the program's first ever national title. And then barely a week later, the NCAA holds an individual singles tournament where regardless of school affiliation, the top 64 players compete for the right to call themselves the best in the country. And Sam won that too. So not only did he captain the Florida Gator men's tennis team to its first ever team national title, he then went and tacked on the individual national title on top of that. And then in 2022, Florida again wins the SEC with a perfect 12-0 record, avenged that SEC tournament title lost the year before to Tennessee, made it to the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament, where unfortunately they did lose to Virginia. Um, but in his last hurrah on the orange and blue, Sam went back to the NCA singles individual tournament to try to defend his title, came close, made it to the final four of that before losing in the semifinal. Um, somewhat of a silver lining there, I guess, is that Sam's teammate, Ben Shelton, won the whole thing by avenging Sam and beating the guy who beat him in the semis. But anyway, an illustrious career to say the least. That's just the very quick Cliff's Notes version of it. Um, four-time team captain, three-time SEC champ, um, probably would have been a four-time SEC champ if not for COVID, 2021 team national champ, 2021 individual national champion. On top of all that, a good friend of mine, Sam, thank you so much for your time and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Neil. Appreciate it. Of course. So we typically start our interviews with guests with something called lightning round, a series of, uh, of icebreaker type questions to sort of get this started and let the fans get to know you a bit. Um, I asked this first one, of every guest we have on, but it's a little harder for you as a tennis player because you guys go through like four shirts per match. So yeah. what, what's your favorite color combination to rock on the court? Um, when I was at Florida, I loved like a, a white shirt with maybe orange shorts, a little bit of, uh, yeah, the white and orange or um, white and blue. Okay. Uh, That's so my favorite. So you like the white, is that because it's hot? Yeah, it's usually pretty hot when we're playing in the spring, and uh, the white definitely helps. Okay, I noticed you got the white hat on now. You got a blue yeah. shirt on now. What would you say is your favorite shot to hit? Favorite shot is probably the volley. Really like to come to the net and hit volleys. Okay, could definitely get that vibe from watching you. Um, just because you're good at it, though, doesn't necessarily mean it's your favorite to hit. But that is your favorite shot to hit the volley. Okay. Um, what's your favorite kind of player to play against? Do you like playing against guys with power? Do you like mm. playing against, um, I, I hate calling them pushers, but you know, grinders like walls or retrievers. Um, I mean, what, what, what sort of game do you best like to go up against? Uh, I really like to play against guys that are probably, um, call it like an aggressive baseliner or kind of a counter puncher that stand a little further back and they're just going to make a lot of balls 
try to wear you down and they're not going to overpower you. I like playing those type of guys because I can kind of dictate and come to the net a lot and end a lot of points on my terms. And the only way I'm going to lose is if I'm making too many errors. Well, you, didn't, you didn't do that too many times at Florida. Um, <laughs> so if you weren't playing tennis, what sport would you play? I probably would have played baseball. Yeah, I played baseball until I was 12. And then I got a couple of broken fingers playing catcher. So then I stopped and just focused on tennis. Was it fun before you had Very to stop? Fun. Yeah, I loved it. I loved playing baseball. You like being a catcher? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. That's get a lot of action. You, you sure do. Um, yeah. I, I had a had a former softball catcher on the pod not that long ago to talk about the intricacies of that position. There are a lot of a lot of thankless pieces to play in that position, but I mean, you're always the team player, so you gotta. You gotta, you know, take that initiative and, and do the tough stuff. So, um, we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail too. But, um, I mean, now, I mean, the main focus of the conversation is the fact that you were, I mean, you, you and your teammates were all very dominant at what you did. Um, so sort of segueing into the, the Florida Gator tennis aspects of this, um, tennis doesn't really unfortunately get the same sort of coverage that football or men's basketball or even baseball or softball get, but you still do get to play in the same rivalry games because the conference alignments are the same, the opponents are the same, the traditions are the same. I mean, when you guys were playing FSU at the, at the college match day, you can still hear them going, uh, doing the, you know, demonstration of different arm angles uh, in the background. Um, but I mean, the schools are the same, everything tradition wise is still the same. You guys though, kind of own them, all of them. I mean, you, the Gators were 6-0 and against FSU in your four years there. You're 4-0 against Georgia. You would have beaten them that COVID year too. Um, Tennessee, a bit harder because the Vols are really good in men's tennis, um, and they got us in the SEC tournament a couple times. But we thought it did win the match that mattered most in the NCAA tournament, uh, the Sweet 16, in your freshman year. And Florida went perfect 12-0 and in SEC play in all three years that weren't ruined by COVID. So – you guys pretty much dominated everyone, rival or not. Um, but for you personally and, and for your teammates, I guess, too, was there an added level of intensity when you guys faced Georgia or FSU, knowing the, the hatred that goes into those football and basketball rivalries? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> it's kind of it's kind of cool because it's bigger than us. It's bigger than our team during the four years that were on it. It's just the history of it. And Georgia for tennis is probably – the most decorated team in the SEC. They've won the most national championships in tennis. So going there, and uh, I never lost to Georgia. So being able to do that, being able to go into their facility and beat them down a couple times, um, and then FSU, never losing FSU, really big. Um, because the year, two years before I got there, I think the guys had lost to FSU a couple times. And then when I got in with our group of guys, we were able to take them down each time. And they started moving us down to the national campus and televising it and making it a big deal. And um, we always felt like they brought their best tennis against us. And we were still able to beat them every time, which is pretty huge. And just kind of have all the fans come out. A lot of people that don't even watch tennis, they come out and watch that one. And uh, yeah, those ones mean a lot. Yeah, so I could tell there's definitely a little bit more intensity because of the fact that it's moved to the national campus. Um, it, it's something called uh, College Match Day, where, where USDA uh, brings Florida and FSU down to 
uh, Orlando, I think it's Lake Nona technically, um, yeah. but it's, it's your neck of the woods. It's the Orlando area. Um, and it, they, they make a big thing out of it. It is on TV, whereas most matches are, are just streaming um, online. And, and Sam and the Gators won every time. And then for an added bonus, they beat FSU in the NCAA tournament too his freshman year. So that was, that was nice. But so, so take me back to where it all starts for you. You talk about having the love for baseball as well when you were a little kid, but I mean, tennis was the sport that you, I mean, that you obviously made a very successful career path in so far. So how do you first fall in love with the game of tennis? Uh, Luckily my mom is a really good tennis coach. So when I started at five years old, uh, she was my coach. She taught me tennis. She, um, I would go out there and just hang out on the court all day while she was teaching lessons and I'd hit in. And so I was always on a tennis court growing up and I was really lucky because my mom taught me all the strokes. I didn't have to pay for lessons or anything until I was kind of 12 or 13 and kind of a little more advanced. Then I went to other coaches, but even when I was at school, if I went home for break or whatever, my mom would help me. She'd coach me. She'd watch my matches. So I feel really fortunate to kind of have her in my corner. For sure, for sure. I mean, parents can be uh, a great influence on on their kids. Um, fan or listeners of this to this podcast know that they can also be a burden when it comes to recruiting. Um, luckily, that was that was not the case for you. We'll talk about that in just a second. But there's there's a bit of a of a middle time in your life. There's the time where you first pick up the game of tennis, and then there's the Gators time that everyone knows. But I mean, to get there, you have to go through the USTA circuit, you have to, you know, get enough ranking points. And I, I mean, nowhere close to the same level of success as you, but I went through it myself. It is grueling. Like you do a lot of traveling. You can be sitting there just waiting for your match to get called onto the court. You just have to just keep yourself ready. You have to keep yourself mentally and physically, you know, up and ready to go. Uh, it, it can be, it can be pretty debilitating even um, at times. So same sort of question is, is how you got to first love tennis. But I mean, because some people go through that, that USDA circuit and they say, you know what, I like playing it casually. Um, or, you know, I, I'm good playing this three times a week, but maybe I want to, you know, go D3 or like play in like FCS level. So how, how do you go from, you know, having that love as a kid, playing it all the time to, you know what, I want to keep at this. The the trials and tribulations, the, the fatigue of it all is all worth it. How do you go and, and take that up to the, the very top level? Yeah, <clears throat> it's definitely a long process. Um, I remember my mom always told me when I was growing up, it's not about how you're playing at 12, 13, 14. It's about what your game is going to look like at 17, 18. Um, so I kind of just always had those goals in my mind of kind of when I was growing up and just long-term visions of what I could do. Cause if you just focus on each tournament, you want to win so bad and you don't do well, it can be, it can be a pretty big blow. But the great thing about the tennis that everyone always says is there's always another tournament. There's always another opportunity to play. Um, so it's just kind of having a long-term focus and not being too kind of too focused on winning in the moment, kind of just reaching those goals and setting them and, I was lucky when I grew up, I, I had a lot of success in each age group, 12s, 14, 16, 18. So I kind of always had big milestones that I was hitting. And I also had a great group of friends that I grew up with that we always pushed each other. Um, I wanted to beat them. They wanted to beat me, kind of helped each other grow as tennis players. And it gave me something to look forward to when I go to tournaments, just kind of see my friends and 
want to beat them. And if they beat me, then I'd go home pissed off and I'd train really hard and I'd go to the next tournament and try to beat them. So it's just kind of like a fun thing that you got to really dive into and you can't be too results focused. So iron sharpens iron for you. Yeah. Very nice. So that's, I mean, that that's the genetic makeup of pretty much every big time athlete um, in the SEC. So um, you go through the USTA circuit, you get your ranking points, time comes for you to be recruited by colleges. I mean, you were a blue chip recruit. You had offers from pretty much everyone. Why'd you choose to come to Florida? Yeah, it's a, a lot of different reasons. Um, so I, I lived in Orlando or I still do, but when I was like a junior in high school, I moved to Orlando. So, um, it's only about hour 45, two hours from home. And so I could see my family. I had a really serious girlfriend at the time too. So having the option to go home was big. And then also the coaching staff, there's a lot of coaches in college tennis that are all they care about is winning. They'll just use you up and spit you out. But, um, I had goals to play after college, try to play professional. And I felt like the coaching staff with coach Shelton, coach stump and coach Perlman, they were really about building you as a player. And if you lost a match, they didn't care as long as you were getting better. And they were all about building you up as a player for the next level. And it also, I mean, it was a lot of success at the college level, but they wanted me, they pushed me to play pro events to do things in the summer and the fall. Um, so that was a big reason. And then academics being a top five public institution is huge. I mean, it's such a big deal to be able to graduate from there, have a degree for when I'm done with tennis, to be able to use that for a job. Um, really big deal for me. I really cared a lot about academics and also just the history. I mean, you go to Florida any given day, you can go watch some sports event and you have Olympians, you have guys that are going to be playing in the pros in a couple of years. And just being around all those athletes at school is really cool. Just, I mean, I go into the cafeteria, I'm sitting next to Bobby Fink, who just won a gold medal, and like he's just hanging out there. And you got all the track athletes that Grant Holloway was there when I was younger, and all these the track athletes they have now. And it's just, it's a great place to be an athlete. I mean, everyone just kind of roots for each other, cheers each other on. And then, of course, the football games in the swamp, pretty big deal going on my recruiting visit and watching those games with the guys tailgating. It's, I mean, it's an incredible atmosphere. Well, the University of Florida is the everything school. That is the yeah. official hashtag that, not official, I should say, but it, it is a very popular hashtag um, that a lot of Gator fans use because Florida is elite at pretty much everything. So you're mm -hmm. an athlete for one of those sports and obviously a tremendously successful one at that. But when you're watching other sports, you're just a fan like everyone else in that moment. So what does that feel like for you as a Gator athlete to take off the athlete hat for a day and, and put the Florida Gator fan hat on. It's awesome. I mean, the student fan base at school is incredible. Like football games obviously is, is another level, but going to gymnastics, they sell it out every time going to uh, the new baseball stadium. It's so fun. I mean, just sitting there on the grass, kind of watching the game with all the other students. Um, yeah, it's, it's really special. And, and you know the guys out there. So you kind of have a little bit of personal connection and you, you know what they go through. Um, and when you see them have success, it's, it's a really good feeling. And I mean, pretty much every game is against really good opponents. So you're playing the best of the best. And if you like sports, it's just, it's heaven because it's all high quality. 
Yeah, I mean, I know that you're you're I know you're a big football fan. I mean, I I, I see you on Twitter saw very subconsciously like liking and retweeting those um all those posts uh, from the football program, from basketball. Um, I think yeah. like even when Kamari Wilson committed to Florida and flipped from Georgia, you were you, know, you were happy about that. Um, had something to say about all that stuff. So I know you're cognizant of all the success of every sport out there, from football to baseball. Uh, I mean, football is like you said the most obvious one. When you go into the swamp, you see those the orange walls, the big fat blue letters and numbers, national champions, 1996, 2006, 2008. Basketball, you know about the back-to-back. Softball went back-to-back in 14 and 15. Uh, baseball won it all for the first time in 17. Track and fields won a bunch. Swimming's won a bunch. Gymnastics all won multiple natties. And the women's tennis team has won it all seven times. And before you got there, Florida men's tennis was one of the last teams left to not win it. So when, when you first start practicing and, you know, getting to know your new teammates um, as, as college kids, not just on recruiting business, but like as you're first acclimating yourself to life as a Florida Gator student athlete, I, I don't want to ask if they were weighing on you because that's the wrong word, but was there a sense of, Hey, like let's, let's us be the group of guys that breaks through and, and puts Florida men's tennis on the board. Yeah, that was one of the big things that Coach Stump was kind of talking about in the recruiting. He's like, I think we have the group of guys that could put, kind of make history at Florida. And with you, I think you'd be a perfect fit and kind of that last piece um, to really do some big things here. And that's that's really exciting to go to a school like Florida. And the men's tennis team has done some great things, but never the ultimate level, just kind of be able to go there and pave, pave your own path and kind of do a program first at a school like Florida is a really big um, thing for motivation, just kind of out there and you have so much that you can achieve at such a great university and see all the things that the women's program has done and uh, the men's program now catching up a little bit. Um, it's really cool. I mean, there's the group of guys that were there when I got there, they were the kind of the, the thing that shifted the tide and they made the final four the year before I got there. Um, really good, strong group of guys that, I mean, showed me the ropes when I got there. Um, and they were definitely the first pieces and I came in and I, I definitely helped, but it was those guys that were the absolute core of the program. Well, we'll talk about those other guys because Florida mm. doesn't win the national title without them as well as you, but this, this, this is the thing that just, it, it gets me every time I think about it. You come into Florida and you're named a captain as a true freshman. That is unheard of in any sport for Florida. Tim Tebow wasn't even a captain as a freshman in 2006 for the football team. Florida baseball didn't even have captains until they made J.J. Schwartz the first ever team captain his senior year in 2018. And here you are, this this 18-year-old kid, and you're a captain of the Florida Gator men's tennis team. So first, how does that happen? And second, what what did it mean to you to – have that honor bestowed upon you. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's one of the things I'm most proud about, about my career is, um, yeah, being named all four years captain, but coach Sheldon, he had a lot of belief in me. Um, he really tried to teach me how to lead and coach Perlman also was a huge, he would talk to me like three times a week. He'd call me at night and just talk to me for hours about kind of how to lead what, I mean, he's been coaching for over 40 years and what he, has seen from the guys that are able to do it the best. 
what type of characteristics they had, um, how they were able to connect with the guys. But, I mean, my freshman year, there was some really good – Alfredo Perez was a senior, McLean Kessler, two incredible Gators. And, I mean, I was a captain, but those guys really did a lot of leading, and they really showed me kind of the ropes in college. And I think one of the things I just did well is – the intensity in practice and in matches and just being able to really like, cause I, I'd experienced a lot of great things in tennis and juniors being able to play the junior grand slams and some pretty big moments. So I just thought I had a lot of really good, uh, different experiences and a uh, different background that I could bring to college and kind of bring that maturity, uh, like a different style and kind of help them, but they helped me just as much, but, um, yeah, it was a huge honor from Coach Sheldon to kind of have that trust in me and teach me so many things about being a leader. So, I mean, you definitely lived up to the the expectations of being a team captain. I mean, the, the team definitely um, rallied around you, and there was an obvious sense of, of brotherhood and camaraderie and, and all those other words that, that kind of sound cliche. But when you think about it, I mean, you, especially when you're playing doubles, um, I mean, you have to rely on other people to pick you up and you have to be relied upon to pick them up. And then in singles, I mean, for those who, who don't know, uh, it, it's it's six singles matches and three doubles matches. The team that wins the majority of the doubles matches, two out of three, gets the doubles point. And then that's one point in a seven-point match. And all the other matches, all, all six singles matches are worth one point each. So you could play really well. You could win your match in 30 minutes and the rest of your team doesn't get the job done. And you're just sitting there like, well, that, I mean, that was great that I won, but the team just took a big fat L. So there's a lot of trust and a lot of camaraderie and a lot of, uh, a lot of relying on other people that, that goes into college tennis, which makes it very, very different from the pros, obviously. But so you personally had a very good season in 2019 Definitely, it, like you said earlier, it wasn't the the pinnacle of of your potential. But you had a, I mean, you had an elite eight run in the individual singles tournament. The team goes to the final four. What would you say that your best memory was from that season? And what would you say was the biggest thing you learned from it? Yeah, freshman season. God, it feels like so long ago. But uh, just going through the SEC season and. Being able to go 12-0, and 0, I don't think Florida had ever done that before. I had a perfect ICC season. And, I mean, I didn't really realize it as a freshman just how big that was and how much the rivalries are in the SEC. Like, I would be going out to places, and their tennis teams weren't great, but fans would show up and just go all in on us and just chirp us. And I just – I started learning after a couple matches. and But just, like, everywhere we go is just hostile. and people want to get us and teams that aren't doing great they bring their best tennis to play us um so just being able to do that we went to georgia my freshman year they i don't know if shelton had ever beaten georgia um in his previous years or maybe i don't know if he had in the sec season so going to georgia playing them at home and beating them like five two and then um yeah that that was probably the highlight of my freshman year just being able to beat georgia um and that kind of – that was one of our toughest matches in the SEC, and that kind of, like, set the pace. That team was special, and we are going to do big things. 
So what would you say was your biggest learning experience from that season? Um, I mean, I learned a lot from my teammates. One of the guys that I learned a lot from was my doubles partner that year, Oliver Crawford. Um, incredible college player, really, really good guy. And he, he just kind of taught me the intensity that you need to bring in college. It's totally different than playing in juniors or playing in some pro events. It's, it's a whole different atmosphere that you got to bring intensity, not just for your court, but the other five courts playing. Um, the guys that aren't playing that day that are cheering you on. And it's a whole team event. You just, you aren't just focusing on your court. You're focusing on the five other courts. You're cheering on guys when they hit good shots. You're, you got to go all in every point. And it's, it's a sprint, even though it can last three, four hours, you got to go all out the whole time and just get after it. I like that analogy. It's, it's, I mean, it is a marathon in a sense, cause yeah. you're, you're playing two matches. I mean, you're first, you're playing the set of doubles and then you're playing a singles match individually on top of that. Um, but there, yeah, there, there's a lot of energy that you got to expend to, to do your job as a college tennis player, essentially. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, sounds like you, you definitely learn how to do that fairly quickly uh, as evidenced by the fact that you won a lot of matches as a freshman. Um, would you say that, that there was a, a road environment that was, and, th and this goes for all four years, not just your freshman year. Would you say that there was a road environment um, that you encountered that was particularly hostile, uh, more so than the others? Yeah, A and M was always pretty rough. Um, Ole Miss, pretty rough. Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, pretty much everyone. South Carolina, like they're all just they all just get after us. It's it's pretty fun. Like when you get there and just everyone's against you, they're just booing you. There's like everyone in the front row that's usually frat guys. And they're just talking to you the whole time, talking, talking crap. And uh, I remember one time at Ole Miss, the tennis courts are right next to their frat row and all the guys get out on the lawn with speakers and they're blasting music. It's a night match on Friday and they're all just out there playing, playing beer pong and stuff. And just, they they have a microphone they're screaming like f florida like just the whole time and it's yeah it's good stuff and they can't do anything because it's they're not on the tennis courts they're not at the facility they're across the street but they get the loudspeakers out and it's a good time so you 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 embraced that it sounds like you enjoyed that yeah it's it's fun going in well i was lucky we never lost when i when I well, that, that's what I mean. You went 12 and yeah. 0 each of the three so years. That it's it's pretty satisfying going in there and, and whooping up on them and silencing the crowd and everything. It's yeah, it's a really good time. Was it particularly um, joyous of an occasion for you to be able to to run around doing the gator chomp on other teams' home home courts? <laughs> yeah, that's that one's the best. Yeah, I, I save that one for the special matches, but uh, yeah, there's nothing better than being one of the last guys out there winning a big match and just giving a nice chomp. It's nothing better. Georgia did not seem to appreciate it, but yeah, <laughs> well, maybe they should have beaten you, but yeah. um, then again, very few people did. <laughs> so uh, anyway, 2020 season um, is looking good for you guys. You do. This is the only time you lost a regular season SEC match. You lost to Texas A&M, um, but you're still 15 and three and you're still ranked number six in the country and then COVID hits. So can you take me back to the moment where first you were told that the season was over, like the moment you realized, wow, this is, this is just done and that's it. And then um, how you and your teammates sort of reacted and responded to that. 
Yeah, we we had that tough one A and M, and then we came back, and we were supposed to play Georgia at home on Friday, and then Tennessee on Sunday. And those are like two of our biggest matches, so we were all just pumped up, getting ready. And I think it was like maybe like a Wednesday, and they said, "Yeah, the matches this weekend are canceled." And then by the weekend, we learned the season was canceled. Um, it was brutal because we had we had one of the guys, Johannes Ingelson, who was he's got. I think he's got the most one of the most wins in program history. He's a absolute Gator, uh, Gator legend, and that we learned that he was probably going to be done because he was a senior, and it was just yeah, it was heartbreaking. Um, and then Oliver Crawford also said he's going to be done after that season. So just to think that the last match that we were going to get with those guys was losing to Texas A and M, um, we were all just devastated. Um, yeah, that was that was a really rough time for us, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone everyone bounced back. Everyone was training pretty hard, and there was like some random tennis events that were kind of popping up during the quarantines and everything. So everyone was still practicing and playing a lot, just uh, getting ready for the next season because we knew it'd be over eventually. Yeah, I mean, it, it did end eventually. Um, it did not last forever, and. You finally got to see your teammates again and hang out with them and practice with them as as official Florida Gator tennis players, as opposed to just you know tennis players who were representing the University of Florida before. But now you're in this kind of limbo period. No, you, you got to go back and and become Florida Gator tennis players again. Um, and and you guys were very very good in 2020. But then the off season between 20 and 21, you guys add Ben Shelton. So with the guys coming back plus him, mm-hmm. everyone knew there was talent and potential on your team there. But something historic wound up happening with that team. So um, was there a moment in time where you, maybe you guys are practicing or maybe a certain match early in the year? Was, was there a time where you guys just knew that you were bound to make history or did you just all put it out of your mind and not consider it? Um. I mean, I knew we had a really special group of guys with, because we had Blaze Bicknell playing four and Josh Gujer playing six. They didn't combine, they didn't lose a match all season. Um, that's pretty special. That It's very rare to have one guy do that, let alone two. And then you could just see with Ben. I mean, when he came in, he was pretty raw. A um, lot of athleticism, a lot of power. But you could just tell he had some serious games, serious firepower. And um, yeah, I don't think... I don't think there's a single moment. I mean, we had some good battles in that season. We we were playing really well, and we ended up losing to Tennessee in the SEC tournament. And I think that was pretty humbling for us because we we'd probably won like close to 20 matches in a row at that point, 15, 20 matches in a row. And uh, I think that was really like a turning point in our season. If we win that, if we win the SEC tournament and we beat Tennessee, I don't know if we go into uh, NCAs as hungry and as ready to go because we didn't lose a match at NCAAs in singles. Um, so if we, if we beat Tennessee in that one, I don't know if the same fire's there, but yeah, I mean, all the guys on the team played their very best tennis at NCAAs. And throughout the season, you know, four out of six of us would play really good tennis, five out of six, but um, I don't think at any point all of us were playing our very best. And once we got to NCAAs, that really happened where we all clicked. So, I mean, the, the match that everyone remembers because it was the one that was televised like on a, on a prime TV slot. I think it was eight o'clock on a, 
on a Saturday or a Sunday maybe. Um, so everyone like made a point to watch that. And it was a championship match. So whenever someone hears, hey, Florida's playing for a championship, everyone goes and watches. Not necessarily the same with, hey, Florida's in the round of 32, uh, whatever. But a lot had to go into the process for you guys to get there. So we'll talk about the Natty versus Baylor in a second. But, I mean, there, there are so many questions that I could – I could ask about that, that title run to, to, to get to that Baylor match. Um, but we'd be here for about 20 hours. So I'll, I'll leave this as, as open-ended um, as, as I possibly can. So you mentioned how the guys were all playing their best tennis. You mentioned how Ben was raw when he first came in, um, obviously got better throughout the course of the season. What would you say your fondest memories were with your teammates, uh, with your coaches, with your friends who maybe didn't play tennis, uh, fellow Gator athletes throughout that season, what was it like to be Sam Riffis in in that moment of time? Yeah, we had we were so lucky. I mean, NCA is being hosted in Florida, in Orlando, two hours from us. So all of our buddies at school were coming down for all of our matches. Um, my family lives there. There's about two billion Gators that live in Orlando that were coming out and supporting us and. I don't know if we played a match before like 11 p.m. because there's always rain delays or the match before us went long. And all the fans were saying, everyone was saying, no one left um, the whole time. And just kind of, we always have good crowds in the swamp at the ring. Um, but just kind of to see people flying in, people driving in to come watch us and staying afterwards. We finished 30 minutes and then we go outside and everyone's just waiting to see us, talk to us. And just to kind of experience that, I think, with the guys on the team and it just helps you bond so much more to see what you're playing for, to see kind of the culture that Florida is and to be a part of that as a really good um, athletic team is just something that everyone feels and just builds you up and makes you play so much better, makes you play for a lot more than just yourself. And yeah, it was just, I mean, that one week of NCAAs is probably one of the best weeks of my life and it probably will be for the rest of my life. So just to kind of experience that with my best friends and the coaching staff um, is something that's I'll be incredibly grateful for forever. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have some tough competition. I mean, you've got yeah. a wedding, you've got a pro career ahead of you. Um, but I mean, for sure that that's gotta be, I mean, it's just going to be hard to top that too. Uh, yeah. For all yeah, the tough well. competition it's got. Uh, so National title match, Florida Baylor, you win your doubles match, but Florida loses the team doubles point. So it's one, nothing for Baylor. Then you, so we go into singles and it's tied at one, you win your singles match very, very fairly quickly. Uh, I mean, Baylor, I think you played Soto. Um, yeah. very, very good player. So you had to work for it, but relatively speaking, you won your match quickly. And now you're sitting there thinking, all right, I've just won. I've, played great tennis. I'm very happy with myself personally, but as we talked about earlier, there's a lot more tennis to be played. And now I'm powerless because, because you're not playing. You're, you just have to sit there and watch like everyone else. So yeah. what was that feeling like for you to sort of balance those two emotions um, and, and then get ready for the matches up ahead? Man, I, I felt so lucky because on court one, I have Duarte who's playing and I mean the guy's the biggest warrior I've ever seen so I know he's deep in a third set I know he's going to come out I see Blaze Bicknell still playing on four he's never lost a college match in his life so I'm pretty positive he's going to win and then I see on six Josh Guger 
who's uh, deep in a second set. I think he hasn't lost a match all season. And those are the three matches left. And, and then Ben, Ben Shelton is, um, he's playing and he's, I think he's lost maybe one or two matches all season and he's up in the third already. And I, I mean, honestly, I knew we were going to win. I just, who's going to win it? Which one of our three guys left still playing is going to be the one that wins the final match because I was just so lucky to have such great teammates that are just playing their best tennis, had an incredible season. And I know they're all dogs and they just, they're going to, they all want to be the one to win it. So I know they're all getting close to the finish line. It's just whoever gets there first. So I know a lot of guys would be stressing and kind of nervous and everything, but I was just, I was loving it. In, incredible crowd. Everyone's playing their best tennis and I was just on the court watching. It's pretty sick. Yeah. So it, this, this is something that is, is very specific to tennis and that you don't get in any other sport. Um, there is a tendency for, at, at least in theory, there's a tendency to, to want to be the one to clinch it, to, to walk it off, so to speak, to end it. And on the other side, there's a tendency for some players who know that they're about to lose to sort of stall and, you know, just draw it out more so that, that they're not the ones who take the L and, you know, add that to their record. So just a general question, because this, this is just fascinating to me to think about um because in in most regular season matches you play out all seven matches and whoever wins the seven matches wins and that's how you get scores like 6-1 or 7-0 or 5-2 where a team gets to four because you know, four out of seven is the majority so you get to four you've won the match but you play the rest of them out it doesn't work that way in in the postseason so just just like as best you can walk me through what what that's like um to, to be on, cause you were usually on the winning side of it. So to know that like sometimes your opponents are stalling and, and, and just trying to, to procrastinate and, and delay the inevitable. Yeah, it happens a lot. Um, a lot of the guys, we call it a veteran move cause you see it from like seniors and stuff. And if they know, especially in the early rounds of the NCAAs when maybe we're playing a weaker school that we're gonna win relatively easy. Um, you'll see guys playing pretty slow taking bathroom breaks, maybe taking a medical timeout. Um, so it's just part of it. I mean, it's just the way it is. And it never, like, it, it kind of bothered me a little bit, but I play pretty fast and uh, it is what it is. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. If, if you say anything or try to overthink it, you might just give the guy more time and just kind of help him out. But it's just, that's where it's tough in college tennis because you want to focus on your own match because the best thing you can do obviously is win, but you also want to support your teammates. So when you're looking around and you see a scoreboard and you see, you know, your teammates one game away from winning it and maybe you're a game and a half away from winning it, maybe you rush a little bit, but maybe then you don't play as well and you lose the game. And then your teammate maybe was doing the same thing and he rushed and maybe he lost a couple of games. So then you kind of enter in a battle. So it's just something that with more experience in college, you kind of get better at and uh, you just focus on your court and play the way you play. And if you finish, you finish, if not, if not. And that's just kind of something I learned after experiencing that as a freshman and then as a junior and then kind of my senior year and just, just kind of learning that it's just one of those things that sucks, but it's the way it is. That's just the deal. Yeah. It's just, just happens. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, see, it's weird because 
Because when I played in D3, they, they never did that, except for one preseason tournament every year, uh, the ITAs. We would see guys sitting around just like chilling during their during their changeovers. They'd be talking away to their coaches, their teammates. And like we, we'd want to get a ref and get them like, hey, man, get up. Um, yeah. But it's just like that that was the only time that that, that happened. It, it was a really weird feeling um, to be like, hey, man, I'm – I'm in control of my match because, I mean, the, the theory is control what you can control, but you don't control yeah. this because you don't control the other person. So uh, it's just it's just an odd thing. Um, speaking of, of odd things, tennis is also unique in that, yes, there's a referee, there's an official there, but for the most part, you guys make your own calls. Um, I mean, if yeah. you make a, a brazenly incorrect one, like we saw in the SEC tournament with Liam Draxel against Ben Shelton, <laughs> In a case like that, <laughs> tell me. You're, 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 yeah, that one was crazy. That was like a foot in. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just another thing. I mean, there's one referee to call the whole court, and some guys, you know, are serving 130 miles an hour, whatever, hitting the ball hard. Um, sometimes the refs are older. They can't see as well, and it's just another thing. You know, you're going to get some bad calls. It's just the way college tennis is. There's – some guys that do it worse than others. There's some guys that are fair and they they just saw it differently than you did. Um, but it's just another thing that makes college different from the rest of tennis is you got to deal with a lot of things outside of the tennis. You got to deal with bad calls, people stalling, tactics or whatever. But just another thing that makes college tough is just more adversity. Um, and, I mean, I think it all equals out in the end. There's – it's never like, oh, I lost the match just because of that one call. You may think it sometimes if you lose a close match, but um, it's just, yeah, it just happens in tennis, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does make tennis a, a very unique sport. Um, so stalled long enough, put this off um, long enough, time to finally talk to you about the thing that has made Gator Tennis the program it is today, the Natty, first ever national title against Baylor. Um, as mentioned earlier, you won your match, um, but you didn't control any of the other results that were happening. So all these elements that you know, talked about, the bad calls, the tactics, whatever, these are all things that you as, I mean, as a player, of course, but now as a fan watching your teammates, um, th these are all things that, that are in your mind. Like these are all elements of the sport. These are all things you have to be wary of. You have to be, I don't know, like, keeping a hawk's eye on, but you, you know, you know that they can happen at some point. So yeah. tack that on to the tennis that your teammates were playing the crowd, the atmosphere. Um, I, I tried my best to set the stage, but I mean, you were there, you lived it, you experienced it. So what yeah. was it like for you in that moment to be watching your teammates win it, not just compete for it to see good win it. Um, and then to see Ben clinch it. What, what was that all like for you? Yeah, it was incredible. Um, really incredible. Just, I think also because of our fan base, it was, I don't even know what time it was. It was probably like midnight or one in the morning, Eastern time. And we still had completely full stands. Everyone's just going crazy. You, there's not a quiet moment. Like there's always people screaming and, and tennis that's, I know in other sports that's always happened, but in tennis that's weird. Cause usually everyone's supposed to be quiet before the point starts. But when there's six sports playing, and people are cheering behind each court, there's always going to be noise. And uh, 
and guys will yell at you and stuff. So there's a lot of things going on, but um, <clears throat> yeah, just kind of be on the court and to get to witness that is, it was, yeah, it was really special just cause I know how hard those guys work. Um, I know how hard the other guys work and to, uh, to kind of have our team come out and play their best tennis and show out like that in front of a national audience and um, do something for the program that's never been done before is just, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And to kind of experience that with the coaching staff, because Perlman's been coaching for 40 plus years, never won a national title. Uh, he coached a lot of really good teams. Um, Coach Shelton won a title for the women at Georgia Tech, but never won one for men to get him to do that just because of how good of a character and person he is is amazing. And then Coach Stomp is just, it's really special to be able to do that with the group that we had. So, yeah, let's talk about that group. Yep. Vale, Andrade, Shelton, Bicknell, Gooch, and then, and then the guys that weren't playing, the guys that were, you know, on the bench and maybe, you know, played a few matches here or there against um, maybe lesser teams, but the guys that you saw every day in practice. Tell me, what, what did each of them mean to you? And aside from the fact that they won a lot of matches, what do you think they each contributed to this first ever national title? Yeah, I think it started with um, it started with Oliver Crawford, uh, McLean Kessler, and Alfredo Perez. Those were the guys that really shifted the tide of Florida tennis. Those guys came in and gave their everything and were Gator legends, in my opinion. And Oliver Crawford, especially one of the best players to play at Florida. He left early to pursue a pro career, but, I mean, he was really special. And it was his intensity and everything that kind of shifted what everyone's goals were for the program. A lot of people just wanted to like, you know, win the SEC title, make quarterfinals in NCAA, do that. But he was the one that came in and was like, hey guys, like we can win it all. We can beat everyone. We can have be the best team in the country. So I think it starts with him. And then when you have a guy like Duarte Valle and Andy Andrade coming together and they have the two most wins in program history, uh, two guys like that, it's pretty fun to be a part of because they didn't lose many matches. They won a ton and they had great attitudes out there and were really just fun teammates to have. Those are the type of guys that like lift you up and make me play better, make me practice harder. And then you have a guy like Johannes Ingelson, another guy who's got comes in and he has over a hundred wins in singles, over a hundred win doubles. And near the end of the season, he's not playing singles, but he still goes out there and battles hard in doubles and is on the sideline being the loudest guy out there. He's a fifth year senior. And there's a guy like Ben who's a freshman coming in and playing instead of him. And that doesn't affect him all at all because all he cares about is the team winning. So having a guy like that is huge. And then all the guys on our bench, Lucas, Greif, um, Will Grant, Brian Berdusco, um, those guys could be playing and starting at m most top programs in the country. And for them to be there on the sideline not playing, and but they still go out and practice their heart out and, and those guys beat me in practice if I'm not having my best day. And they're really good players. And for them to be selfless on the sideline, cheering us on, and going, being the craziest people in the stands is pretty special. It helps you play better. It helps everyone, lifts everyone up. Um, yeah, and then having a guy like Blaze Bicknell, who never lost a college match, um, guys, incredible, incredible player. Um, he really brings his best tennis every time he steps on the court in a Florida Gator uniform. Um, I, without him, I don't think we win the Natty. And then you have a guy like Josh Bouger, who's also a senior, 
and he's playing six, and he hasn't lost a match all season. And he's had some close ones, and it just shows how mentally tough he is and how good of a competitor he is to win that many close matches in a row in a season is something that rarely happens. You can probably count on one hand the amount of guys that have perfect seasons and play the whole season, um, especially in a conference like the SEC where every match is tough. Um, yeah, so just to have those guys and to be a part of that team, to lead that team is, is pretty special. I mean, each one of them was – they brought something really unique and something that we don't we don't win the natty without any of those guys. I mean, even the guys that didn't play that match that night, the things they bring in the practice court, how hard they push us, um, it's pretty special. I don't think a lot of guys would have that level of commitment to a program they're not necessarily playing every match in. And yeah, we don't win without them for sure. That's awesome, man. That's that's just awesome. That's the pedigree of a champ. That's that that's the genetic makeup of of the first team in Florida history to or Florida men's tennis history to ever win the national title. So I know that, you know, you know, or I know that you knew when that last ball sails long on Ben's court and everyone mobs him and he throws that racket up to Saturn and everyone just mobs him. I know you knew in the moment that something special had happened, but when did it really sink in that? Wow. I, yes, all these other guys of course played a huge role in it. But when did it sink in for you that you personally had just helped make history? Probably uh, probably at the award ceremony. I mean, just seeing all of our fans there, see Scott Strickland come, um, a lot of other people in the athletic department at Florida, see Coach Sheldon with the trophy kind of tearing up and just kind of to be a part of that and just be with my teammates. A lot of those guys or just Johannes actually that I wouldn't see again, but uh, – just to be with those guys and to be a part of such something so historic. I mean, it was, yeah, just an amazing experience, amazing experience and something that I'll forever be grateful to be a part of. So what did coach Shelton say when he finally got the team together and, and addressed you guys as national champs for the first time? Yeah, it was like, it's probably like two 30 in the morning. Uh, we all got back to the hotel and we're just sitting in the lobby. Um, yeah. He was just, it's, it just shows how good of a guy he is. He doesn't – he's just proud. He's like a proud dad almost that kind of – he's a tough coach, put us through a lot of hard work. And then at the end of the day, he's just – he's like a dad where he's just compassionate and he wants each of us to be the best we can possibly be. So he just – he's a really talented speaker and just he's able to stay composed and give some really good speeches after big moments. And that one, yeah, was really special. So – then you're not done winning. You then go and win the individual singles national title. So, I mean, that, that it's, it's hard, again, because tennis is such a uniquely individual sport, hard to really make a comparison, but it proved literally that you are the best college tennis player in the country that year. So I know that you're a team first guy. I know if I ask you which one meant more, we're going to say the team, but uh, still to win the individual tournament is – I mean, it, it is the approximate tennis equivalent of winning the Heisman Trophy because it literally means you are the best in your sport that year. So what does the distinction of winning the individual national title mean to you on top of what you help, help accomplish with your team? Yeah, I will just say I'd pick the team any day over the individual. But, uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was a cool experience. I mean, yeah, I really – 
I was surprised that I was able to keep going and I thought I played better in each match of the tournament. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a cool moment to kind of just add on to the, our historic season and just to add that moment. Cause some of the guys, there's two guys that have won NCAA titles at Florida, um, Morrison and, uh, shoot, I can't remember the other guy's name, but, um, there to be up there with them and kind of to have my own little corner of the ring where I have a poster and kind of my name is, uh, is pretty cool. Cause there's a lot of really talented women's tennis players that have gone through there, won a lot of national titles. Um, so to kind of be up there with them and just kind of have my name cemented at the, at the university, at the courts is something that's pretty special. Um, kind of just, yeah, to have my own little corner there in a, in a place with so much history. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, like like we said earlier, Florida men's tennis was definitely not devoid of history. They had some really good teams. They had some really good players come through there. Uh, and you mentioned Jeff Morrison, um, Mark Merkline, also an elite player, Jesse Levine. Yeah, Mark Merkline. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll come into the program. And here you are as, obviously, as the first team to ever win the national title. You're the first one to win the team national title and individual title in the same year. So another really cool piece of history for you. And as a result of that, you get a wild card into the U S open, which is something that every young American tennis player dreams about. And you got to play the number 15 player in the world at the time in uh, Grigor Dimitrov and you fought him. I mean, you're the best college player in the country, but this is the number 15 player in the world. And, and you played him tough. I mean, you took one set to a tiebreaker, um, scores in the other two sets were a little more uneven, but the points were closely contested and he had to work hard to win all those games. So it was by no means a situation where, oh, the U.S. Open, let's just, you know, show up and enjoy it. No, I mean, you, you went, you went to play, you went to fight. So, uh, but, but having said that, take me back to that experience, um, what, what it was like to play in the U.S. Open, what it was like to be there as a player, to enjoy the grounds as a player. Um, and then what it was like to play in that match with nice little Gator contingent there and go up against such a world-class player. Yeah, that was an amazing moment because, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever get that opportunity again. So just to be there and play in the main draw of US Open, I've played there as a junior, but never in uh, the men's main draw event. So just to kind of be there in the locker room uh, around all those guys that I look up to, the top Americans, top players in the world, and just kind of be there milling around with them, practicing with them. and to be a part of that is pretty special um, to have the New York crowd cheering me on. And uh, kind of that big moment is uh, something that, yeah, like you said, every American tennis player dreams of. So I'm really grateful that I got that opportunity because it's not guaranteed if you win the NCAs that they let you play the main draw US Open. So I'm really thankful that the USCA gave me that opportunity and kind of showed their belief in me. And um, yeah, it's just, that was a huge moment. I really, yeah, I enjoyed it. Even though I lost, I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, I got beat, but uh, I enjoyed being out there and just kind of being in New York to play that event. is It was really cool. What did it feel like to look up and see all that blue in the, in the stands? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, see you there cheering me on. Really, really nice to you. And then had some buddies there and my family. So it was, a, it was really cool. Well, I mean, I live like, 90 minutes away from it. I'm not going to miss that. Um, yeah. Thanks for the ticket, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that was something that even, I mean, to think like to be one of the top 200 players in the world, 
still not guaranteed to be in that moment. Um, I happen to have faith in in your fight ability to be able to muscle your way past some some tough opponents and, and get yourself back there someday. But it is not guaranteed, and it's something that you should forever be grateful for, and like you said, and um, and forever be proud of. So. Uh, anyway, you could have gone pro after that 2021 season. I mean, there, there was some prize money waiting for you if you wanted it. Um, but you chose to come back for one more year because you wanted to graduate and you wanted to go back to back for Florida. So why were each of those two things important to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, getting a degree from Florida is a really big deal. I think um, I've always really put a lot of focus on my academics. Um, so just to kind of have that as a, something that I always have, because a lot of people that leave school to go play say they'll come back and finish, but I don't know if I would have been necessarily able to do that. So just to be able to get it and then move on to my pro career is a really big deal for me to kind of have that behind me and then move on from there. It's really something that I wanted to achieved by the time I finished my time in Gainesville. Um, and I mean, I thought, I thought we, we had the same group of guys, so I really thought we could do it again. And yeah, we came up short, but it was still an incredible season. I feel like I matured a lot. Um, got a really, a lot of really good memories out of it. And looking back, I, I don't regret it at all because, um, I'm really appreciative that I was able to finish my degree. For sure. It's something, another thing that you'll always have in your back pocket, something else to be very, very, very proud of. Um, It was still a great season. I mean, this time for the first time you did not lose a match to an SEC team. And that's the end of the sentence period. Like uh, ITA's regular season, SEC, SEC tournament, you ran through them all and you got payback against Tennessee this time in the SEC tournament. You beat Kentucky in that, that ridiculous match um, with Ben, I, I still can't believe that. I, I, I mean, that that's just wild to me. But um, got got past that crazy call from Liam Draxel, and and you guys won the SEC tournament and regular season that year, and you made it to the Elite Eight, which is certainly nothing to be embarrassed about, but obviously not the result we all wanted. So the old saying in, in sports is that you win or you learn, you don't ever lose if you have the right mindset. So you, you know, another thing you couldn't control the rain coming down, you were up in your match after the rain delay, it, it, it didn't go the way that we all wanted it to go, but, and, and then the team lost as, as a whole on top of that. But what did you learn from that match, both as, as a tennis player and for yourself as a man moving forward? Yeah, I just, I think one of the big things I learned is there's a lot more I can do. There's a lot more I can get better at. Um, Yeah, that one really hurt because I lost my singles and my doubles match. I really felt like I let down the team in that one. But uh, yeah, just kind of motivation, you know, just more things that I can work on, more things I can build. Um, There's a ton of room for improvement. And I think there's some areas in my game as a tennis player that uh, we're kind of showing there that I need a lot of improving in. So while it really hurt to end my college career like that, I think for me personally as a tennis player, there's always things you can learn from a loss. Um, you can learn a lot more from a loss than a win. And so I feel like some of those things I've kind of learned from and tried to build on this summer, try to get better at those things. So I have 
more success. And now that I try my pro career. So that's, I mean, that is the next question. Um, you did have another year of eligibility left over for you. Thanks to COVID. If you wanted it, you chose yeah. to go pro. I personally think it's the right decision, but it was your decision and no one else's. So why did you make the decision to go pro? Yeah. The main reason why I came back was to finish my degree. And now that I finished it, um, uh, I don't, there's not really any one year programs that I feel like I need to do or want to do. And um, a lot of the guys that I grew up playing with, with Duarte, Andy, um, those guys are, they graduated as well. So I just felt like it was time to move on and kind of do what I can and do my best at the pro level and kind of let some, some of the younger guys take over the team and build it up with how they see it and kind of influence their culture on the team. And I had a great four years there and there's nothing I would change about who I was with and what we were able to achieve, but I felt like it was time to move on and kind of try a new phase in my life. Also, I got engaged and I think my fiance would leave me if I went back to school. So fair enough. <laughs> that is how it kind of goes. Um, speaking of which, I mean, you're, you're going to be part of a tennis couple. I mean, you are part of a tennis couple. You're going to yeah. be a married tennis couple uh, with, with CC Bellis, someone uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed watching for the few years that she played. She got hurt. That was the end of her tennis career. She's doing something now that I think is really, really cool. I, I think, um, you know, Gator fans, tennis fans, just, just casual sports fans as a whole would, would be interested about. So tell us a little bit about, more about her latest endeavor. Yeah, she's amazing. She was the first time she got injured, she started doing online college the University of Indiana, and she just graduated this past spring, the same time I did it with a business finance degree. And she's working as an analyst in a venture capital firm, and they focus on sports and health tech. So as a former athlete, she's really well suited to, uh, to help out. So they, they find companies with great sports and health tech startups, inventions, and they fund them. They bring them in and they teach them the business side because a lot of these guys are really smart inventors but they don't necessarily know the business side of how to launch a company, how to be profitable. So that's where her and the firm come in and they help out these companies. She, a lot of these people are former athletes, so they connect well with her and she's great with people. Um, so she's crushing it. And she's also working as a commentator for the tennis channel. So she does about, I think like eight weeks a year doing that out in LA at their studios. So she's got a lot going on and she's very driven. Very is she talented. still able to just recreationally like hit around with you or is that still painful for her? Yeah, she, the major thing that uh, kind of stopped her playing was an elbow surgery and uh, she isn't able to serve at anywhere near full capacity, but she can, yeah, we, we go out and play sometimes we play pickleball and stuff and she's good with that. It's just mainly the serve that really hurt her um, and that she couldn't recover from the last surgery. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that, that's cool. You, you still have a, have a, have a hitting partner, you have a rally partner whenever. Yeah. She's still really good for the baseline. She crushes it. That's awesome, man. That's, that's really yeah. awesome. So, so that, that's what's, that's what's on the horizon for your fiance. As for you, you're going pro, you, you have gone pro. Mm -hmm. Um, but what does that look like for you? I mean, and cause I know there's a lot of steps in between, just choosing to go pro and, and to get into the main draw of the U S open. So what does your road back to the grand slams look like? And um, yeah, I mean, what, what does the summer look like for you? Just try to play as many tournaments as possible. It's all about getting matches in and trying to play the tournaments and 
trying to break through there at the lower levels. Um, so just traveling around a lot this summer, kind of through the Midwest, through the South, um, some out in Texas, and just try to play uh, probably like 10 tournaments this summer, try to play another eight to 10 in the fall, um, kind of go on the road for like three tournaments and then go home for a week or two and then go back out there. So just a lot of traveling, um, a lot of tournaments and yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. I'm out in Rome, Georgia right now. I'm here actually, I'm rooming with Ben Shelton. So he's playing right now and uh, we're here together. So it's nice to kind of be on the road with some former teammates and it makes it easier. So tell me about him and the future of this Gator program. Cause I know that you mentioned all these guys that could probably be starting at 90% of, yeah. if not more than, than the big time the FBS division one programs in the country. So Florida doesn't return a lot of starters, but they return a lot of experience. Tell yeah. me a little bit more about what we can expect um, from your former teammates moving forward for Gator tennis. Yeah, we got a new assistant coach, uh, Matt Clore, who's a really good coach. I actually worked with him. He was a USTA coach and I worked with him and then now he's up there as an assistant. So uh, Lucas Greif has been over there this summer. He's been working really hard with Matt. Um, we have a transfer coming in, Axel Neff from Notre Dame. He's like a probably a two or three time All-American. He's going to be really good. Um, we got a young guy, Jonah Braswell coming in. He's playing all the junior slams. He's kind of was on the same path I was on uh, before I came to school. So he's going to be really good. We have another guy from Thailand. His name's Tanapot and he's playing all the junior slams. We just got another guy from Turkey who's coming in. He's top 30, 40 junior in the world. So the future is really bright. And then you have Will Grant coming in. He's, Got a lot of experience. He's won a lot of big matches for the Gators. Um, I think uh, he's been working hard this summer, so he's going to have a big fall, hopefully a big spring. Uh, and then Ben, obviously, coming back. He's the best player in college, and he gets another opportunity. Just, and it's going to be his team. He's going to lead these guys. Um, he's got a lot of experience, even though he's only a junior. And uh, obviously, Coach Shelton at the helm. I mean, he can – turn anyone into a world-class tennis player with how good of a coach he is. So there's, there's going to be a lot of good players on the team, a lot of talent and a lot of opportunities for success. I mean, I have to say, I'm a little surprised. I would have, if, you know, if I were, I mean, if I were in, in Ben's year all the time, I would say, you know, you, you might want to test the waters going pro, but he chose to come yeah. back um, because I'm, I'm guessing you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing because of his relationship with his dad and because he wants to win another national title with Florida. Um, but I mean, what, what do you think the road up for him looks like? Because we talked about your road to get into the Grand Slams, but he's going to be in the U.S. Open this fall as, yeah. as a result of winning that, that um, singles tournament. Um, but, I mean, what, what do you think he needs to most improve on to get from where he is now, which is an elite college tennis player, but to go from that to becoming a guy we can see in the U.S. Open main draw on a consistent basis. Yeah. I mean, he's similar to me where he wants to finish his degree. School is really important to him. Obviously, his dad being uh, being there in Gainesville is a big um, big thing for him. But, I mean, he's he's amazing. He's serious, seriously good tennis player. His his rise, the how much he's improved is like a lot of tennis players is gradual, but his is like just skyrockets up. and. Uh, yeah, the sky's the limit for him. Um, I think it's just matches, uh, just playing at that level. And because uh, he can beat all those guys, he's got the game to beat them. He's got the physicality. 
he's uh he's already really mature for his age and his body's really mature a lot of guys it's hard for them physically but i mean he's a beast so i think it's just getting the matches getting the opportunities to play these guys on the bigger stage and getting used to that and once he gets those opportunities i think he's gonna keep skyrocketing like he has in the past year or two um i don't see a steep learning curve for him i think he's just gonna shoot right up i'll definitely be looking forward to that as well as looking forward to watching you shoot up you're I mean, you're going to be playing tournaments this summer. You're going to be shooting for, um, you know, for the for the main tournaments uh, a little bit further down the road. But Florida might have two and potentially three guys in the Grand Slams before too much longer. So we'll definitely be keeping our eyes out for that. Um, last question for you. College tennis, unfortunately, is not as prominent as football or basketball. So you don't really get too many interviews with the star players on national TV and, and the players and coaches don't really get too many chances to talk to the fans directly. So I'd like to give you that chance. Now um, I, I saw the engagements on, on my tweets and Facebook posts about tennis this past couple of years, you had a lot of people following along for, for the really big matches, like against FSU, uh, Georgia and in the NCAA tournament. So you, you had people tuning in to, to check you out and, or at the very least watching the highlights that I'd post. So you have fans. So what is your, your final message to Gator Nation as you officially go pro and you walk away from the program that you helped take to unprecedented heights? Yeah, just a big thank you. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing better than Gator Nation. Um, just kind of to be able to experience that from an athletic side um, on the other side, just to see the fans, the passion that it means to be in the orange and blue to be a Gator. Um, it's something I'll never be, I can never be more grateful for. I mean, you go to a lot of other universities, it's not that big of a deal, but to be a Florida Gator athlete, we, I think all of us know how much weight we're carrying with the alumni base and how much fans care about the programs, um, care about the athletes. So to kind of be playing that as an athlete and to experience it is something super special. A lot of people I've never met or don't know that care a lot about how I'm doing or what the program's doing is, is something that means a lot to a college age guy um, to kind of have that platform to play on and to, uh, to be around. So thank you, Gator Nation. You're the best fan base in the country. And uh, go Gators. Sam Riffis, three-time SEC champ, four-time team captain, 2021 team national champion, 2021 individual national championship, soon to be husband of CC Bellis and many, 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 many more things to be proud of. Um, the heart and guts that you showed the last four years have definitely made you one of my favorite Gators in any sport to ever watch or root for. I mean, it, it's been nothing short of a pleasure, man. It's been amazing to to watch you as an athlete. And then, you know, to get to know you personally beyond just the tennis player is something that I'm always going to be grateful for. I'm proud to call you a friend, and, and I can't wait to see what comes next for you. So thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you on the pro circuit. Thanks, Neil. I really appreciate it, man. You're great for Gator Nation and do a lot of great things covering uh, all the athletics. So thank you very much. You got it, man. Thank you.